0: Hello there, everyone. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message on March 1st, 2022. And it's a big day because it is Joe Biden's State of the Union address tonight. That's right. The elderly man pretending to be president is going to get up there and do his darndest to read off the teleprompter and not screw up and not talk about corn pop or his leg hair or any of the other stuff and tell us how great things are in America. Tell us that we have defeated COVID. We will defeat Russia. There's nothing that this man can't do. He's incredible, that Joe Biden. And what we're gonna be doing today is uh, recapping the last year or so of the Biden presidency. And uh, this is a, I would say, a pre-response to Biden, a lot of people will be doing responses. And by the way, we will be live streaming tonight immediately after the State of the Union. We're gonna be doing that with tequila because how else would you do a response to a Joe Biden speech? Um, But this is my pre-response because there's gonna be a lot of lying tonight, right? Like this is just gonna be like an endless cascade of lie after lie after lie after lie. And I thought it might be good if we address some of that stuff before so that when you're watching the thing tonight, you'll be able to go, well, wait a minute. Now, some of that does not seem right. And I heard Dave Rubin talk about it this morning. So that is what we're going to do. And of course, as always, do me a favor, people. Would you subscribe over on Rumble? Would you subscribe on YouTube, Blaze, all that good stuff? Do me a solid, would you? All right. Uh, Before we get to any of that, though, I want to talk to you guys about Cozy Earth. You know, one of the best things about being filmed from the waist up is that I can look like business up top while being super comfy down below. For those of you who have been working from home and participating in multiple Zoom meetings over the past year, which may be wrapping up because I think we defeated COVID today, uh, you know exactly what I mean. That's why no gift will be more appreciated by your loved ones than cozy earth sheets, pajamas, or a loungewear. I seriously love this stuff, guys. The sweats are awesome. They are so soft and lightweight and that's because they are made from super soft viscous from highly sustainable bamboo cozy earth's bedding and loungewear are also temperature regulating so you'll sleep comfortably year-round it's no wonder that cozy earth has become the bedding of choice for interior designers and celebrities cozy earth is so confident that you'll love their products you can try anything risk-free with their 100 night trial if you don't love it return it within 100 days for free Give the gift. That'll be appreciated every single night, especially if it's a gift to yourself. Cozy Earth Bedding and Loungewear. And now my audience can save 35% on Cozy Earth Bedding and Loungewear. Just go to CozyEarth.com, enter my promo code Dave and save 35%. Hurry, that's 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Promo code Dave, CozyEarth.com and now back to me, and you could be wearing the same sweatpants as me at night. Does it get any better than that, people? Okay, let's talk about the State of the Union tonight. This is when once a year, the President of the United States gets up in front of a joint session of Congress, and they read a speech that someone else has written for them, where they in essence lay out what has happened for the past year and their future vision for the country. let me just put the biases aside right up top. Like, I'm not really into this Joe Biden guy, right? Like, I don't think he's a particularly good president. I did not vote for the guy. That being said, I didn't realize how badly it was gonna go and how quickly that would happen. Uh, But all of that being said, and I really do mean this, I want the president to do well, right? Like, and any American, should want the president to do well, meaning that the guy is the pilot of the plane. He's the guy in charge. He is the chief executive of the government. And we are all citizens of this country that he's purportedly in charge of. And you would want things to be going pretty well. So the economy's chugging along, so that you feel safe and crime is low, so that our international relations are are sensible and all of these things. Uh, However, that's just not really been the case with this guy. Uh, And yesterday, of course, they started announcing that we're gonna wrap up the COVID thing real quick. We touched on this at the top of the show yesterday, but I wanna show it again. Uh, Congress drops mask mandate ahead of Biden's State of the Union speech on Tuesday. Mask wear is now an individual choice option, the Capitol attending physician said. So just to be clear, this is what most of us right-wing maniacs have been calling for for about two years that you would make a choice but these people decided to mandate it to force companies to force their employees uh, to put on masks or be vaccinated or whatever it might be but suddenly in time for the speech because they're looking at the polls and we'll get to the numbers in just a few minutes they're realizing that they better back out of all of this stuff so the very same people the very same Democrats, because it's basically all Democrats who are gonna be sitting in that chamber, I assume without masks tonight, um, still have kids in masks in schools in New York and in California. They're rolling back that, by the way, too, uh, but even in a place like California, oops, now I owe somebody five bucks for the uh, get out of Cali jar, so we gotta throw that in there. Uh, even in California, some of the cities are gonna still keep the mask mandates in related to the school. So. A week ago, we all had to wear masks, but then science, 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 we're going to have several hundred people sitting in a chamber, the most important people in society. These are politicians. We can't lose our politicians. They are going to be sitting there and it is possible that someone in that room will have COVID. A week ago, they would have been forced to wear a mask. This time they won't. Uh, But of course, and we did show you this one yesterday again, but I just have to show it again, just just to shine light on the fear, the fear. That's all they got. They got fear, man. And you better just be fearful of the fearful stuff that they're throwing at you. Biden told us that a lot of people were going to die just in the last two months. It's here now and it's spreading
1: and it's going to increase for unvaccinated. We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated for themselves, their families and the hospitals. They'll soon overwhelm, but. There's good news if you're vaccinated you have your booster shot you're protected from severe illness and death
0: period yeah it never happened we never got the winter of severe illness or death we got the winter of mild illness we got the winter of pretty much everybody got omicron and a lot of people got sick and some people had leg pains for three days and some people did get a little more sick and of course some people died it's part of life circle of life watch the lion king sing the song you get it. Um, But he tried to paint that all as, oh, the unvaccinated are the ones who are going to end up overwhelming the hospitals, crashing the system. Somehow, And we did a lot of research on this, Phoenix, you you were doing some research on this this morning, we couldn't find any video of any hospital that has collapsed under the weight of COVID, not anywhere in the world. We couldn't find one in Africa, couldn't find one in Europe, couldn't find one uh, even in a southern state here in the United States. We couldn't find any, but they tried to use fear to make us do what they wanted. And then finally, because good people just continued to live their life and fought back and places like uh, this Florida, that in case you haven't heard, I kind of dig, are led by guys like Ron DeSantis. Well, then they started realizing, holy cow, people don't like us and yada, yada, yada. We're wrapping this thing up for the State of the Union address tonight. So we have a whole slew over the next 25 minutes or so of things that Biden has said over time and then sort of what happened in reality. Before I get to any of that though, I wanna to talk to you guys about BattleBox. You know, how are you gonna find your new favorite piece of outdoor gear? If you sign up for BattleBox, and box with me right now, uh, it finds you. BattleBox is your go-to monthly subscription for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. Getting the best gear for yourself not only takes time, but can be incredibly expensive. That's why BattleBox brings you name brand high quality products every month at half the price of what they'd cost on their own. Just pick the box that works for you and get tested and vetted products that you can trust that are selected by an expert team of outdoor professionals from an aquapod emergency water kit to an atomic bear survival bivy delivered right to your doorstep each month. Battle Box has shipped over a million boxes since 2015 has been featured everywhere from the New York Times to Survivor's Edge. David loves to go camping and was excited to find high-quality binoculars and a knife in our box which we got yesterday and we are going to go camping somewhere in the Everglades. Personally, I'm worried about when the zombie apocalypse will strike and whether or not we'll have enough food in the house, so I was thrilled to receive Battle Box 72-hour emergency meal kit. Find out why outdoor enthusiasts call BattleBox the best gear I never knew I wanted. Sign up, receive, survive. What are you waiting for? Don't miss another Battle Box mission. And from now until March 31st, get a free mystery box worth $115 or more with any new subscription at BattleBox.com slash Ruben. That's a free mystery box worth about $115 right now at TryBattleBox.com slash Ruben. Try Battle. No T in there. BattleBox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so let's just talk about Joe Biden's record. The guy has only been president for a year. It seems like a lifetime. I mean, time, you know, in these last two years of COVID, time has felt very weird between lockdowns and people staying at home and not going on vacations, all this stuff. It it actually feels like the thread of time has been like pushed and pulled in very weird ways. But Joe Biden has only been president for a little over a year. It's about 13 months to be precise. And uh, things have not gone very well for this elderly gentleman pretending to be the president of the United States. Uh, Ted Cruz summed it up nicely in a tweet. Uh, Let's pull that up over there. Uh, The State of the Union under President Biden can be summed up in one word, crisis, inflation crisis, border crisis, Afghanistan crisis, COVID crisis, supply chain crisis, Ukraine crisis, crime crisis okay so i thought that was a good way to frame the show today because he kind of hit on a little bit of everything and really nothing he said there is untrue connor can we throw back to that for just one second so i just want to show people that what cruz is saying here in essence like we got an inflation problem you guys get it we got a border problem right afghanistan was a debacle COVID apparently didn't go well until yesterday. Uh, supply chain, we all know about that. I'm trying to buy a window for downstairs and tell me I can't get it for four months. Uh, Ukraine, big problem. Putin, Russia, the whole shebang. And uh, and crime, as we've seen in, especially in our Democrat-run cities. So Cruz kind of framed the way that we're gonna do the show today. Uh, and we're just gonna kind of dive into each one of those issues. And let's let's see, we're gonna present you with some numbers and you decide whether things are going well or not. Uh, first off, we've got some data from Real Clear Politics on Biden's approval ratings, or I guess I should say disapproval rating, uh, which is up 13.8 points since he took office. So as you can see what you're looking at there, the red line that's constantly going up, that's disapproval. So that's up about 14 points. Uh, and the approval, which is the black line, you, if you're the president, you want that one to go up. That, that's the one that's going down. And you can see there's sort of a direct correlation between the up and the down right there that people are just not happy with this guy. Now, why would it be that people are not happy uh, with this Joe Biden fellow? Well, first let's talk about the economy and inflation. We've got some data here from the US inflation calculator. The annual inflation rate for the United States is 7.5% for the 12 months ended in January 22, 2022, 2022, The highest since February 1982, and after rising 7% previously in 2021, according to U.S. Labor Department data published on February 10th. So in essence, without doing Econ 101, when inflation goes up, the money that you have in your bank account to buy whatever you want, you want to buy a car, you want to buy a bed, you want to buy a PlayStation or a pen, uh, that money is worth less. So right now it is worth about 7% or 7.5% less than it was. And by the way, you know, when they tell you that inflation is around 7, 7 7.5%, which is, which is crazy. Like it's crazy, crazy high. When they tell you that, uh, that means it's probably more than that, right? It just probably is how the whole thing works. So we all know that our, are the dollars that we've got in our wallet or what you've got in your PayPal account or your Stripe account, that you're trading and going back and forth on on Zelle or whatever payment thing you use to to pay people for goods and services. We just know that that money is not worth as much and you are now getting less for it. Look at the price of beef, go to the supermarket, carton of eggs, milk, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We've got some info here from Powder and Bulk Solids. This is a manufacturing publication talking about what's going on with the supply chain and actually the nuts and bolts of the economy. America's manufacturing industry shed 578,000 jobs in 2020, according to federal data. A report published this year by Deloitte and the Manufacturing Institute forecasts that 2.1 million manufacturing positions could be unfilled in the U.S. by 2030. Shipping information company Freightos told Reuters this August that the price to ship 140 container from China to the East Coast climbed more than $20,000, an increase of more than 500% from the previous year. Six in 10, or 60% of American consumers surveyed by the pollster Gallup said they were unable to buy a product within the past two months due to pandemic-related shortages. Of the sample, 57% reported that they experienced significant delays when receiving a product that they ordered. The US Census Bureau's Small Business Pulse Survey Release in, released in August found that 65% of small American manufacturing firms experienced domestic supplier interruptions during a sample period in July, 2021. A sizable portion of those respondents, about 40%, said they plan to find new supply chain options over the coming six months. Now, you don't just need that info to realize it. You all know it, go literally anywhere Go try to buy anything. We did this one day on the show. You may remember this a couple months back. On the show live, I had not tested it out before we did it. I was, uh, I wanted to, we were looking into buying a couch. So I just picked three stores that you might buy a couch from. I think it was Crate and Barrel, CB2, and West Elm, if I'm not mistaken. And I just put in CB2 couch, Crate and Barrel couch, West Elm couch. And each one, this was back in like October, November. Each one was, you couldn't get it till March of 2022 or April of 2022 or June, of 2022, go to any store and try to buy any real product. Go to your Home Depot, see, is it stocked the way it was? I can tell you as someone that just moved and I'm here in Florida where DeSantis is doing the best he can related to the supply chain and things are moving a little bit better here, but he doesn't completely control the borders and everything else. Like even here, things are tough to get. Go to your Target and see an awful lot of empty shelves. I was trying to buy a freaking basketball at Target. They had no basketballs, okay? Like this is real, this is real stuff, you all know it. Like everyone knows it, I can read you the numbers, but just think in your own life, when you're going to the store and you're buying food, are you paying more money or less, or is it the same? Pretty much uh, worse for everybody. So, okay, so that's one thing. We know that the economy is just struggling and you almost don't need me to explain it to you. You just know it. Uh, Well, then Cruz talked about the border stuff and immigration. Uh, So first, let's start with some video of our southern border. We don't talk about the border anymore. For some reason, when that orange man was president, we were always talking about the border and there was going to be a wall and there was racists and the whole freaking thing. Uh, Here's our border in uh, September of 21. This is Del Rio, Texas. Beneath this border bridge in Del Rio, Texas, a group of migrants grows by the hour. The men, women and children mostly from Haiti. Tonight, they number nearly 15,000, tripling in size since Wednesday. All waiting in near 100 degree heat, washing clothes in the Rio Grande and sleeping outside for a chance to claim asylum.
1: We need the administration, Secretary Mayorkas, the vice president and the president to call this what it is.
0: This is a crisis. With staff unable to keep up with processing, state lawmakers are calling on Washington for help. First off, people, that was September of 2021, the peak of COVID. And I did not see all of those people wearing masks and the social distancing was not great to say the least. So, I mean, I'm joking about it, but that's like part of it, right? We were supposedly in the midst of this crazy pandemic and we're locking down everybody and we're abusing these kids in school and remote learning and all of the stuff. And meanwhile, we've got quite literally hundreds of thousands of people pouring into our border. There's the video you just saw there. And there's obviously way more than that. Without masks, without social distancing, we weren't testing people. We put them out into the country, sent them all over the place. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, the numbers, believe it or not, uh, have gotten significantly worse. And I suspect that you will believe it. We've got some data here from US Customs and Border Protection. Uh, the, this is Southwest land border encounters over a year. Okay? So in 2020, we had about 458,000 encounters. Now, this means, you know, someone's coming across illegally, they got caught, they're interrogated, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't exactly uh, what they do with those people at the time. But in 2020, uh, we had 458,000 of these interactions. That's when the orange man was president. In 2021, uh, we had 1.734 million. Now, I don't have my calculator here, uh, but you guys can confirm this for me. Uh, that's significantly more. It's about 1.3 uh, million more than uh, the year before. And then, and of course, Joe Biden was president in 2021. And then just in these last few months, the last four months, roughly, October twenty. 21 to January 2022, beginning of this year, we've had 672,000 of these encounters. Now, how many of these people are here? How many of these people were arrested or sent back? How many of them have children that are now here? All these, We don't really know, but we all kind of know something ain't right. But he's going to tell us tonight that the border is more secure and he's going to tell us that COVID is over and all of these things and they're just not true. Now, why would he tell us all of these things? One of the reasons he would tell us all these things is because we have a media that does not question Democrats, as you know, nearly as intensely as they question uh, Republicans. Uh, Now, Kamala Harris is the vice president. Uh, I suppose she's the vice president. She's this woman who apparently, who seems to me to be on drugs of some kind. She's constantly cackling. Uh, And she just says words. She puts a lot of words together. Doesn't really mean much. uh, But people, uh, the media likes her, even though she was polling at 0% when Joe Biden selected her as vice president. Uh, You may remember this uh, bizarre response when she was asked about the border crisis. Quickly put a button. Do you have any plans to visit the border?
2: At some point, you know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border—we've been to the border, we've been to the border.
1: You haven't been to the border,
2: I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned it because you've
1: been, I, okay. I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this. But Democratic Congressman Cuellar, as a border district, has said to the, you and the president, "Come, you need, to, you need about, to see this." I care
2: this, and I care about what's happening at the border. I'm in Guatemala because my focus is dealing with the root causes of migration. There may be uh, some who think that that is not important, but it is my firm belief that if we care about what's happening at the border, we better care about the root causes and address them. And so that's what I:
0: You've been to the border? you've been to the border? Well, you haven't been to the border. Why well, I been to Europe, I had to, I was going to go to Italy. These people are just terrible. And then she gives this ridiculous answer, like I'm in Guatemala dealing with the root causes of why people are going. It's like, oh, well, what'd you do, lady? What did you do in the last five months in Guatemala that has stopped people from coming to the border? The answer, ladles and jelly spoons, is jack shit. She did nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, we've got some info from Reuters here, uh, a little bit more uh, now going, well, let's shift actually. Uh, we, I think we got the point on the border. Uh, let's talk about Afghanistan, right? So we we talked about the economy, we talked about immigration. Uh, then, of course, there was Afghanistan. Now you may remember, of course, this was in August of 2021. I was off the grid when this thing happened. So I had to get caught up uh, pretty quickly when we did that first show back in September with Adam Carolla. But this was a absolutely like it really a, a beyond comprehensible destruction of foreign policy. Now, I was never for the Afghan war. We were in war for 20 years. It was the longest war in American history. Nobody really knew why we were there anymore, right? It was just sort of going on and on. We're fighting the Taliban. We're trying to disrupt Al Qaeda, but most of the people who did 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia, something, it seemed very weird. Uh, And so we all sort of wanted Afghanistan to wrap up, I think. Uh, But it did not wrap up well, and, of course, you guys all remember some of this video.
3: Kabul Airport this morning is back up and running. Evacuation flights for U.S. embassy personnel and contractors in full swing. Flights were stopped yesterday when tens of thousands of Afghans stormed onto the runways, desperate to leave, clinging onto aircraft, trying not to be left behind as the Americans pull out. U.S. troops found themselves overwhelmed as they tried to clear the airport, firing warning shots. The Pentagon says American troops killed two armed Afghans, but some Afghans were able to get out. On one flight so full, it may have set a record for the number of people who can fit onto an American C-17. Afghans are running from the Taliban, now in full control, setting up checkpoints with the very weapons American taxpayers bought for the Afghan army, which collapsed instead of fighting after the US pulled out of bases and left them without air support.
0: Now, doesn't that all feel like a lifetime ago? And it's sort of like, well, why should we care anymore? We're gone. Um, But, you know, as we talk now about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, it's like, what do people around the world think the United States is all about? What do we do for our allies and the people on the ground who are the translators who are helping us fight the Taliban and everything else, as they uh, reported right there, the amount of weapons. We literally left hundreds of millions of dollars of weapons and tanks and helicopters and munitions and all of these things that are now in the hands of the people that we were supposedly fighting uh, and the people that we betrayed on the ground. And again, I'm not even saying we were supposed to be there in the first place and of course we had to wrap it up, but we, we did it horrifically, absolutely horrifically. And of course, as you remember, and we've got some info from Reuters here. I mean, this was the, the sort of worst of it as if those images of Afghans falling off the plane wasn't bad enough. Uh, Marines from the 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines Regiment were on duty outside of the Kabul airport on August 26th when a suicide bomber detonated explosives, killing at least 13 US service members and scores of Afghanistan, of Afghanis. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting because we don't know their names, right? Mainstream media didn't show you their names. These 13 people who signed up to protect the United States who then died due to a suicide bomber in a horrifically botched escape from a country that we're not totally sure why we were in, in the first place. And the reason I thought that Afghanistan was worth talking about is because obviously, foreign policy is on everyone's mind tonight. And we're gonna hear all sorts of stuff tonight from Biden about what's going on with Russia invading Ukraine. Uh, And we showed you some video of that yesterday. We've got a a shorter version of it today, just to catch up. This is the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which is happening quite literally, as we speak.
3: не видно украинского герба точно российские прямо над хатами прямо вот над хатами літають, падли полетели в сторону э, аэропорта бомблять аэропорт Чути, что...
2: вот еще летят
3: это пиздец
0: We'll we'll see what Biden says about Russia and Ukraine. You know, yesterday we showed you the video of Saki saying we have these incredibly powerful sanctions. And then uh, one of the American spokesmen saying, "No, no, no, our sanctions don't do anything to Russian energy, et cetera, et cetera. So as I said yesterday, it's extremely difficult, extremely difficult to figure out what's really going on right there. Unfortunately, because everything is so polarizing, right now, it's like, if you were to even just say, hey, let's just let's just get going, we got our own problems. I'd like to help the people of Ukraine. Usually when we try to help people, things get messy. Maybe we should just be thinking about our own borders and our own problems and everything else. They'll tell you you're a Putin puppet or some sort of isolationist, or you're probably a Nazi, you know, that too. So I don't know exactly what we're supposed to be doing there. I do believe, of course, that the people of Ukraine have a right to defend their homes and their homeland. This was an unprovoked attack by one nation on another nation. They're both UN members, okay? Uh, so the charter of the UN, you can't attack another UN member. Um, so we have to figure out what to do and where the United States fits in all of that. Um, but after you see what happened in Afghanistan, only you know roughly eight months ago and the disaster there, it's like, do you think that this administration led by this Joe Biden who's going to give the speech tonight? Do you think that that these people are trustworthy or know what they're doing or anything else? I wonder what our allies think. I wonder what zelensky uh, the president of Ukraine, is thinking right now like are the are the united is the United States uh trustworthy are they going to help when they say they're going to help et cetera et cetera We'll see maybe Biden's going to lay out something really incredible tonight I, I somehow doubt it but but we will see. Uh, So then of course, what really led us to to everything related to Biden is all of the COVID nonsense. And I would like to preface this all by saying, I live in the free state of Florida. I was at a jam packed event last night with about 150 people, smiling, happy refugees from all over the United States coming here to live free in my day-to-day life over the last two months since I have moved to Florida. COVID basically has not existed. I am not saying COVID does not exist. I am not saying that people don't get sick and people don't die, et cetera, et cetera. And I got COVID about six weeks ago. I am just saying maybe it was time to move on and we wasted two years of our lives giving power to people who did not deserve it. So we've got an image here from our world in data on US COVID deaths and cases per million, and this is really staggering. You really have to look at this. So I want to, I just wanna make sure everyone sees this because you know if you've listened to the mainstream media and paid attention to the way that they've talked to us, it seems like we've just lost so many people all the time and all of these things that we've done have really helped. And it's simply not true. So what you're seeing right there, the bump at the end of the, the top uh, chart, the top graph right there is that basically Uh, over sort of December, January, when it gets really high, that's when Omicron went crazy, right? And pretty much everyone got COVID. And then we started getting herd immunity uh, because we know the vaccines were not working as promised. And now because so many people got herd immunity, so many people got COVID and mostly survived, now the numbers really are dumping out, but look where they're dumping out really just to the levels that they were at roughly, if you look at that, where they're at right now at the end of that top chart, the end right there, It's basically where the numbers were around, what is that? Let's say March of uh, last year, but now we can open up. Now we don't have to wear masks. Now we don't need the mandates anymore. Do you think this maybe has a little something to do with politics? Those are cases, of course, on the top level and what you're seeing are deaths on the bottom level. And as you can see, these are per million. So they peaked in, what's that? About January of 2021 they peaked at 10 deaths per million. And right now they're at about six deaths per million. But somehow all of the things that they told us we had to do, the vaccine mandates and the masks and all that stuff, we don't have to do any of that anymore even though the numbers are roughly the same. And that tells you this was always about politics. It just tells you that obviously and they're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the numbers and they're going, we got midterms guys. They're coming up in a couple months. Nobody really likes this old guy. People have had it with the masks and the depression and the lockdowns and the drug use and the rampant crime that came with all of this stuff and the sort of cascading effects of society collapsing under this nonsense. And we better do something about it quick. And as I mentioned last week, when it was starting to become obvious that they were about to do this, this turn on COVID, right? And you got to admire the evil not the evil of what they do, but the way they do their evil. You gotta give the devil his due. It's like, they are gonna have people believing by election time in November, that it was the Republicans who wanted to lock us down and keep us in masks and all that stuff. That's what they do. That's why it's like COVID just wrapped up and then bam, we got a war. The script just changes. I don't know how the whole freaking thing works. I just don't know, but I know that there is something there related to all of this. So just to dive into the COVID numbers a little bit more, we've got a quote here from KHN News. Uh, This is, uh, they are talking about Tuesday, the last Tuesday of Trump's presidency, the death toll of COVID reached 400,000 people, a once unthinkable number. So that was the cumulative amount of people who had died of COVID under Donald Trump, 400,000 people as uh, he hit the last day of his presidency. Uh, Now we've got some info here uh, from the White House in February of 2022, uh, which today is March, beginning of March, so this is just a couple of days ago. Today, our nation marks another tragic milestone. Nine hundred thousand American lives have been lost to Covid nineteen. So let's just say for just one second that these numbers are roughly right. Now we all know that there were all the comorbidity stuff. We know that they're not taking into account age, and that, you know, if you came into the hospital because you had a broken arm, That you also had COVID and then something happened, like all of the things that where they fudge numbers and all that. But what this means, okay, is that 400,000 people died under that scary orange man, Donald Trump, from COVID, and 500,000 have died in the year under Joe Biden. Joe Biden ran saying that he was going to end COVID, right? Uh, Here's some video of Joe Biden back in October. 2020, right before the election?
1: Two hundred and twenty thousand Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who is responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as President of the United States of America.
0: Okay, as always, he muddled what he was saying there, but in essence, at that point, there were 220,000 deaths. There have now been 500,000 under Joe Biden. So by his own words, as muddled as they may be, I'm pretty sure he's saying that he should step down. So uh, unless he's gonna step down tonight, the guy's a hypocrite, but you know, what you're gonna do is a politician. Uh, here's Biden in January of 2021, this is uh, just about a year ago, saying that he's gonna shut down the virus.
3: Now of your president, And you're saying there is nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. What happened to two months ago when you were talking declaratively about I am going to shut down the virus?
1: Well, I'm going to shut down the virus, but not I never said I'd do it in two months. I said it took a long time to get here. It's going to take a long time to beat it.
0: All right. So to be clear, he never shut down the virus. We're wrapping up the virus and I'm I'm glad about that. I am glad that I suppose in blue states, they're gonna get to some level of normalcy. That is good, but as I just laid out, it has everything to do with politics and virtually nothing to do with science, which is why I guarantee you, I guarantee you tonight, when Joe Biden is going through, even if the Biden campaign, people are watching this right now, when he's going through the numbers of the amount of people that had COVID, say two months ago and died of COVID two months ago, versus the people today, he's not gonna give you actual numbers on it because the numbers won't indicate that now it would be the time to get rid of the mass and the thing, and the vaccines and all of that stuff. Like it just, this was all about politics. That's exactly what these people do. So he, he did not do well. And I, by the way, you know, I can be a little glib about some of this stuff, but again, it's not to diminish any of the people that died of COVID or any of the people that have long COVID or are suffering in any other way. Um, this is really about the people who were supposed to be our trusted leaders over the last two years, who really became the worst sort of totalitarian, uh, obsessive, controlling monsters over our lives. And there are some pockets of America where they have very little influence, and, and that is a real beauty of our federalist system. Let's move on from COVID, though, to crime. Because you remember when Donald Trump was president, there were cities burning and Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and we'd see things blowing up in the background and CNN would be standing there talking about mostly peaceful protesters and we were defunding the police because that made sense and all that stuff. Well, crime's rising too, even though now Joe Biden's president. Here's some info from the Council on Criminal Justice. Drawing on crime data from a sampling of 22 cities, the study found that the number of murders in 2021 was 5% higher Than the counts recorded in 2020, representing 218 additional murders in these cities, and 44% greater than in 2019, representing about 1,300 additional lives lost. 16 of the 22 cities reported a rise in homicide last year, ranging from increases of 108 in St. Petersburg to less than 1% in Memphis and Baltimore, while six, including Seattle and Omaha, saw a decline so we all know this right like we know whether it's murder whether it's petty theft whether it's just walking into a cvs or walgreens and putting your arm on the counter with the big bag and stealing all the stuff or walking into louis vuitton or give me another fancy store bloomingdales <laughs> thank you michael uh, that people are just walking into stores and stealing shit, and people don't want to stop them and you can't sort of blame these people because especially if you live in a blue city where the district attorneys are not gonna prosecute people or you're gonna then be uh, you know, put on trial for trying to do your job or God knows what, or they've defunded the police and the police have had enough of the abuse. We know that crime is exploding everywhere. I mean, go to one of these cities. I don't recommend it really, but like send somebody you don't like to New York or San Francisco or LA and see what's going on and, and you all, just know it and that's directly related by the way to this is my favorite chart of the day. Uh, We've got some video here uh, about the California exodus and yes, I'm saying California, so I'm gonna throw some money in the the Escape Cali Fund and we're gonna give it to somebody at the end of the year who wants to get the hell out of California and move to Florida, but you can see this is the estimated number of people fleeing California and where they're going. What's fascinating about this is I would have thought that, the, uh, that more people, the, the circles that you're seeing there, uh, that's where the concentration of people are going. I would have thought more were ending up in Florida, but that's, you know, that's the 3,000 mile jump across the country. Uh, but most of the people are actually ending up in Texas. And of course, the, the question is, are you gonna vote the right way, right? So if you're a guy like Joe Rogan, it's like, okay, you were a Bernie supporter up in California when you lived there, you got the 200 mil, from Spotify, you realize you didn't wanna pay all the taxes, now you move to Texas, okay, no state income tax, you're gonna save a lot of dough, but are you going to make sure that you vote for Republicans? Not because you have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. And you know this is where I always talk about the liberals, you can't rail against wokeism, rail against critical race theory, all of the big government programs that have destroyed the places you live, and then you can't go to the places that have done it right and import those problems. And, and if that's your plan, then you should stay in some of those places. Um, anyway, I've got two more videos for you. In closing, uh, this one came out yesterday and it's like, they just lie. They just lie. They know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. And yet they continue to lie. Here's Joe Biden claiming that Republicans are trying to stop black people from voting yesterday. We're gonna keep pushing
1: on this. And we're we're protecting our country's threshold liberty, the sacred right to vote, which I've never seen is under such attack. You know, it's always made it harder for blacks to vote, but this is trying to be able to figure out how to keep the black vote when it occurs from even counting. Over the past year, we've directed federal
0: like the two morons in the back that don't even know what they're applauding. I mean, first off, again, Biden is just bumbling and mumbling and he doesn't really say things in a proper way, but you sort of get the idea uh, that Republicans are mean and they're stopping black people from voting and that's what they used to do and they're doing it even worse now. Not true. Do you know what Republicans are trying to do? They're trying to make sure that you have an ID when you vote. And I guarantee you, if you're watching this, you have some sport, some form of identification. Do you guys have, uh, identif- I- yeah? Okay, everyone in this room has identification. These aren't the brightest people in the world, okay? You guys are pretty good, but I'm just saying, if these guys can do it, you can do it, okay? All right, now I feel like I have to get you guys guacamole today on the Chipotle after that, that very intense insult. Um, everyone has ID, everyone has ID, you need an ID to get Uh, on a plane, you need an ID to rent a golf cart or whatever else you might be doing. So he's just lying and they just know that they can lie over and over and imply that the other people are racist while they're really the racist. Um, And then I thought this would be the perfect one to end on. Uh, Just yesterday, once again, Dr. Jill Biden, and it's very important that you refer to her as a doctor, okay, which if anything, she should be examining Joe, which I guess she hasn't gotten around to. Um, She was introducing uh, Kamala Harris, and you're not going to bo- uh, take a
2: look. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the, the vice president of the, <laughs> <laughs> I just said that to make you laugh. <laughs> The vice president of the United States, Kamala
0: Harris. Why do they keep making this mistake? Joe keeps making it. Dr. Jill keeps making it. Everyone keeps making the same mistake. Can we throw it up again? I mean, I just have to, we'll with the audio. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's my husband there. I think he's the president. Ladies but I'm and gonna...
2: gentlemen, the president of the, uni- uh, the vice president
0: uh, of the- uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> this idiot couldn't be in charge. Look at him sitting there. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's wearing a mask for no reason. <laughs> oh, I just said I, that
2: to make you laugh.
0: I'm hilarious. My writers gave me this one. I've got 20 writers and they thought it would be funny if I mistook the president of the United States again. Lordy, lordy, lordy. Anywho, people, that is the official Rubin Report preview of the State of the Union. Things are not great. I wish that things were better. I really do. Uh, And I think we have to fight to make things better. And there are places where things are better. This place, this state where I'm at right now is one of the places where things are better. Um, But you're gonna get a whole load of bunk tonight. You're gonna get a bunch of malarkey, as Joe would say. And I thought it was important to just reference some of that. So when you're watching this with your loved one, your spouse, friend, if you're having a big uh, State of the Union party, you're able to say to them, uh, no, you know, a lot of that stuff is nonsense, and the economy was better under Trump, and black unemployment was at its all, all time low, and Hispanic unemployment was at its all time low, and all of these things, and, you know, these guys are just liars. Uh, a couple comments from ReubenReport.locals.com. Seven says, uh, My favorite flavor of Pringles isn't available. Biden has to go. What's your favorite? You know, the sour cream and onion, I haven't had a Pringle in a long, long time. And it seems like a crazy thing to eat uh, if you're over the age of say 22, right? You get out of college, maybe you should move on from the Pringles. I'd like to know how old you are, seven. Uh, but I had once, I was at sleepway camp, my parents on visiting day, they brought a whole bunch of sour cream and onion, uh, potato chips, Pringles. And uh, then the counselors, when the parents left said, you, know, you guys can't keep all this candy, all this food. And I downed two total containers of those things within an hour, puked my brains out. Don't think I've had Pringles ever since. This show is not brought to you by Pringles, by the way. Uh, Olaf says, bummer I missed out on the winter of death. It would have been a good mini series, right? It's like, listen to what they were saying. If you don't get vaccinated, you'll all die. We're taking the masks off for my little talk. Amy says, "Uh, my daughter was required to get vaxxed within 60 days of employment. She's a remote worker at her company but she didn't and they finally caved. Finally some wins, yeah, finally some wins. I have no doubt that your daughter was making whatever decision was best for her and was thoughtful about it and everything else. And I do have to say, you know, two years after all of this stuff, it was my personal choice not to get vaccinated. I was trying to pay attention to what was going on and follow the narratives and everything else. And yes, I did get COVID. Uh, And there were moments where I got pretty damn close to getting vaccinated because I have, you know, family pressures and and whatever it might be, right? And and feeling like, you know, that the, the government is just gonna, who knows what, like really, who knows what, seize bank accounts? Would that be too crazy? If you didn't do what they wanted, talk to our friends up in Canada. Um, but I have to say that two years after all of this, I'm, I'm very proud that I stuck to my guns. And I hope that as many of you as possible stuck to your guns as well. And I know there are all sorts of pressures You don't want to be the family that takes their kids out of school. You don't want to be the one guy at work who goes against the trend and all that stuff. But I thought when we were kids, we were all told to stand up to the man, say what you think. Weren't those things like don't follow the crowd? Weren't those things that mattered that we were always taught were the lessons of life, right? Like, wasn't it that stuff? anyway let's see if uh, joe biden offers us anything uh, positive about america talks about individual rights talks about freedom says the word liberty perhaps talks about states rights uh, talks about ways that uh, he could maybe lower taxes let you have more of your money not let you have more of your money let you keep more of your money maybe he doesn't need more of your money but i suspect none of that's coming uh as i said guys we will be live immediately after the state of the union tonight so if you have not do me a favor and subscribe to our Rumble channel, our YouTube channel, and of course, you can watch at the Blaze as well. Uh, part one of my interview with Harriet Hagman. She is the Republican running against Liz Cheney in the uh, Wyoming congressional race. Uh, she is trying to bring some conservative principles back to Wyoming. Obviously, Liz, she's what I call the pet Republican. That you know, these type of Republicans that they bring on MSNBC to talk about how bad Republicans are. And then they get pat on the head and they get a cookie and it's really wonderful. Liz, you got to go. Uh, so part one is up uh, on YouTube and Rumble right now. And of course, the full is up absolutely ad free at rubenportalogos.com. All right, we got a long day. I'll see you at about 10, roughly 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll see how long Joe babbles for us. But, but I will be here with tequila waiting for you. See you later.